is the Mito Podcast, and I am Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we have the giggles today, so yeah. there might be a chance at some point in this podcast that we just start laughing at each other. <laughs> um, but we came together today to talk about the Mito cocktail, some nutrition, and about uh, feeding tubes. Um, so why don't we go ahead and uh, we're going to tell you about Troy's cocktail. I'll tell you about Andy's cocktail. We'll maybe cover some of the things that we're not as familiar with, but where you can go to um, find more information about. Um, do you want to start with Troy? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been to quite a few symposiums and different things. And so when we talk about what... Um, our children have taken, um, I notice, and we've all noticed, is that doctors prescribe different things. And so your child may not be taking the same thing, and it doesn't mean that what we're saying our child takes that your child should take. Um, is it, is the sound a little strange? I, <clears throat> you're cutting in and out a little bit. It sounds like the Wi-Fi is. Um... Okay, so uh, bear with us again. We are doing this. Um, via Zoom, so we might have some, <laughs> some technical difficulties. Um, but anyway, so um, doctors prescribe different things. I don't think there's one um, specific cocktail that's just given out um, to every child that has mitochondrial disease. Um, so for Troy, uh, when he was diagnosed, he was automatically uh, prescribed and we did not have any testing done um, for his levels or anything and I know that some of the doctors do that and I actually think that that's a great job because most of what he takes are supplements and supplements um, are technically not necessarily proven um, to have any real significant effects but in some patients they do and um, some they don't so um, basically, what Troy takes every day is he takes the um, the CoQ10 uh, enzyme. It's his version is the liposomal that we uh, get through um, Epic for Health. Um, he also takes the levocarnitine. Um, he takes a B complex vitamin, and that's pretty common. Actually, all three of those are pretty common. Um, there's a lot of different B vitamins, but he takes the the B complex, which encompasses most of the vitamins. Um, he also does lipoic acid. Um, and I think that's, he d does take a Flintstone vitamin, but that's just his multivitamin. And that's actually it. We were taking vitamin C, um, but that was one of the things that was stopped. And his carnitine has actually been lowered as well uh, because they're finding um, that they're linking it to um, some sort of difficulties with the cardiovascular system, so with the heart. Um, so that was lowered. And I know in some patients and some moms that um, I've spoken to that it's actually been completely stopped. So those are his main supplements that he takes. He's also on Keppra because he does have uh, seizures. And um, to be honest, We've never stopped these, so we don't know exactly how he would function without them. Um, even when he's sick, he's we're so thankful he's such a good vitamin taker. Um, it's, it's something that I hear a lot of parents complain about, that it's really difficult to give their kids vitamins. They do taste horrible. I've tasted them as well. 
Um, but he is really good about it and he's never given us trouble with it. So he's never stopped taking them and he does, um, I do mix it up with like a um, organic maple syrup to help some of the crushed vitamins taste a little bit better. But like I said, he's, he's really good about it. Um, so we don't know uh, how he would react if he wasn't taking some of these or how they are actually helping him. But uh, for the most part, they're just supplements and they're not necessarily harmful. Um, so we've continued giving him those for the last 10 years. So that's pretty much what Troy takes. Uh, and before I go into what Angie take or had, excuse me, what Angie used to take, mm-hmm. um, when we say supplements, I mean, you, I know some of these words are probably not necessarily familiar, um, but, but most of the stuff that we're talking about is you can buy just in the vitamin aisle. Um, and they get really expensive, um, because there's no, you can't claim them on insurance because they're just supplements. It's like, it's like going to the gym and trying to get your doctor to prescribe you to eat protein and carbs. Um, (laughs) They're not going to do that. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of the same idea because you can get these anywhere. Um, there are some of these that you can get your doctor to prescribe, um, but it just depends on on what they are and how much of them you are taking. Um, so, uh, and I'll go into that a little bit um, when I talk about one of Angie's supplements, but the, the main ones that she took, and I'm going to tell you what they are and then Sorry for the little times. Um, I don't know how to shut that off. (laughs) Um, So um, I'll tell you uh, what she, what her her prescription, or I call it prescription because that's what it is. They were, they were basic, basically medicines for her and for Angie. um, They, they had a major impact on her. And um, like Megan said, some kids or some people. and I'm sorry if I continue to say kids, I'm just used to that because it was my daughter who, who had Mito, but, um, some, some of this stuff doesn't help at all. And some of it helps a crazy amount that you would never, ever imagine a supplement could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Angie, she took elderberry syrup, B2, ubiquinol, super B complex, vitamin E and Carnator. Um, so I'll, before I tell you what each of those were, um, a lot of what supplements do is um, help build energy. And since I think by now, most people understand that mitochondrial diseases are, are primarily affect your energy source because um, 80% of your energy, and I don't know if Megan, maybe you want to explain this because you have the science background. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, just real quick. So your mitochondria produces what's called ATP. um, And ATP is what allows your cells to do all the work that they need to do. So no matter if it's your muscle cells, your brain cells, any any cells, um, they have to produce that ATP. And that ATP um, has kind of a pathway that um, is actually the production that creates the ATP. And with mitochondrial disease, 
there's different diseases that affect different parts of the pathway. So if that pathway um, doesn't have all the parts and gadgets and things that it needs to work, then that ATP doesn't get produced. So a lot of these um, help to fill in little areas of that pathway or they just help in general to overall increase the production of ATP. Um, some of them too um, are also antioxidants, which when ATP is not being produced or there's different um, things working in the cell that are not necessarily going correctly, it produces what are called free radicals, um, which I'm sure some of you have heard of. They talk a lot about that in different health situations. And so a lot of the antioxidants um, that are prescribed are to cut down on those free radicals. Um, we need free radicals, but we don't need a large amount of them and they can cause all sorts of things in your body and free radicals can be produced just by you stressing out. Your body can start producing them. And so that's one of the things that mitochondrial uh, children or adults with mitochondrial disease have to be careful is what their stressors are that create stress in their body, whether it's heat intolerance or you know just daily stressors that our body goes through. Um, so some of the supplements are actually to help with that as well. Sorry. So going along kind of with what Megan said when she's talking about stressors and like the heat and the cold and what your body is doing, you can also completely take Mito out of the equation and think of it as um, uh, going to the gym and working out. Um, your body and just your regular body responds to heat and to cold. Like when you're, when you're doing cardio and you're getting really hot, your heat is pumping or your heat, your heart is pumping, <laughs> you're getting hotter, your body's sweating. You're having all of these reactions to the physical um, strain that you're putting on your body. And same thing when you are done with cardio and let's say you just get to the gym you're cold, you haven't worked out, you haven't stretched. It's a lot harder to lift something or to get moving when your body um, isn't, it, it's cold essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the same idea. So we can get sciency and talk about um, ATP, but we can also talk about it as though you're just going to the gym because that's exactly what ATP is. Um, so, and also to go along with um, antioxidants, and I think that's a good bridge into talking about Angie's um, supplements was when I mentioned elderberry syrup. I had never heard of elderberries <laughs> before Angie. I didn't know what that was, um, but someone suggested it to me because um, they're full of antioxidants and vitamins that help boost your immune system. And they don't hinder anything. Um, and even if they, you don't even think they work, it's, it's nice to know that you have something extra to give your child, um, to help boost their immune system. It's the same idea as people tell you to drink orange juice or, or here's some vitamin C when you're sick. Um, elderberry syrup, um, has, at least from my knowledge, at least in the Mito community, a huge impact, like everybody uses it. And it's really easy just to make your own, you know, it's expensive. So making it yourself, um, it's, it's somewhat quick. It's a fraction of the cost than to, to buy it pre-made. Um, and actually doesn't taste bad. It's pretty good. My whole family, after we got Angie's diagnosis, everyone started taking it. Um, and my nephew still takes it. Um, and then uh, B2, which is also riboflavin. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Riboflavin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that helps to break down protein. 
sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> um, protein, fats, and carbs. Um, it helps boost the, the body's energy supply and it helps convert carbs into um, that, that lovely acronym, the ATP. Um, so we're going right back to ATP. Um, the, let me go back into my notes just so I don't mess up what some of these are. So ubiquinol, um, COQ10, I think that's what you mentioned earlier. Um, antioxidant, again, there's your, your keyword that's going to continue to pop up with every single supplement um, that we mentioned and that maybe your doctors have um, suggested. Um, it, it helps to regenerate vitamin E and vitamin C. Um, and for Angie, she had vitamin E, an, an additional amount of vitamin E, but it was not for energy, ATP, or anything like that. They actually prescribed it to her for her eyes. Because um, there was a study done, what, I, don't, I think it was only one study, but it showed that even the slightest dose of extra vitamin E helped to increase eye health. And it um, improved both sight and function. And so we just figured, you know, it's just vitamin E. It's not like some crazy drug. So why not? Let's just, let's just try it. <laughs> so we put that in there. And that's the only one um, that we had to get specially made because the amount was so low. And I was telling Megan about this yesterday. <laughs> Uh, we had to go to a veterinary clinic <laughs> to be able to get it. So it was a compound pharmacy that specialized in a, a veterinary care. And it was just so interesting that I was buying vitamin E from a vet for my daughter. <laughs> um, but uh, Megan also mentioned the super B complex. And that just basically has all of the B vitamins put into one um, compact, uh, like high doses into a small uh, amount that you would have to take. Um, but that's all, again, energy-based. Um, so majority of, of what you are going to be prescribed is, um, is of course, energy, because we're, we're fighting to create that. We're fighting to allow the body to have more energy, to do all the things that it needs to do. And that includes... Um, brain function, digestion, having a healthy appetite, your eyesight, um, growth of red blood cells, just your cell health in general. Um, and let me see if I missed. Oh, Carnotaur. Um, actually, there's two more. So same thing, produces energy, um, especially if you have a deficiency. Um, I don't actually, if you look up the definition of carnotaur, it says it's naturally, naturally occurring substance that the cells of mammals need to produce energy. It is used to treat deficiency and a small protein that binds to help transport fatty acids into the mitochondria. So even in the definition <laughs> itself, <laughs> yeah. take this for Mito. <laughs> Um, but one that um, we spoke about the other day, just briefly, um, when we were talking to our guest, Christina, was um, creatine. There you go. <laughs> I had to write it down because I, there, we have so many that start with a C that I get confused when I, when I try to say them. Um, 
But the interesting thing and, and why I'm bringing it up because Angie didn't have it and Troy doesn't have it, but we've seen it around a lot. And um, I think basically what happens is when you're, t- and it happens with a lot of these uh, different vitamins is it alleviates the stress on the body or where the body is sending the energy to that one area. So when you're taking a vitamin, let's say like you're sick, right? And you you take these you take vitamin C or you take elderberry syrup. It's helping you to build your immune system. So it's it's attacking parts of um, the illness, right? That that's got you have that you have a fever that you're not feeling well. So imagine all of these vitamins doing what they're supposed to be doing and helping certain areas of your body. It allows your body to use that energy towards other things that it, it's not getting it. Um, am I making sense so far? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, didn't want to, I don't want to lose anybody. Um, so when you don't, when your body doesn't have to think about, oh man, I really need to get that heart going or they need to breathe or I, I really need to help that brain or those kidneys. When it doesn't have to think about that, you get these other things that go on like language or um, sensory, like they're grabbing things, they're clasping things, um, they're making eye contact. Uh, maybe even just lifting their head or lifting their arm. Like there's those small things, just that tiny vitamin can make a huge impact. And so the reason I bring that up is because Angie, before she had any of these supplements, she had, and I, I know we've mentioned this before, she had a mito crash and she she couldn't even smile. Like it was hard enough for her to open her eyes. And after one dose of all of these different supplements, we already saw this crazy, just amazing difference in her. And again, this doesn't help every single person, but it's definitely worth trying. It's definitely worth seeing if it works. And it might not, you might not be, have the same story as us where one dose made this huge difference. It might take a few doses. It might take a month. It really just depends on your body and how it functions and how it it produces energy and where it's focusing, um, where to put that energy towards. Do you have anything you want to add? No, that's what I was going to ask. Because like I said, with Troy, um, we didn't see um, a huge difference, but he just continued to do so well um, that we, you know, obviously have never wanted to stop any of the... um, supplements and vitamins, but no, it's, yeah, it's definitely, you know, everybody's going to have a different experience. A lot of people have a different cocktail that they take. Um, I think the, uh, the liposomal CoQ10 is pretty general across the board. I think most people, and I think the reason why is because that is actually one of the ones that has had a lot more studies done on it. Um, and they've seen, um, actual results in that one with, uh, kids or adults that have mitochondrial disease, but definitely just overall trying to create energy, help that metabolic pathway to produce that ATP um, so that these, these organs can function, their brains can function. And you were going to talk about um, the creatine um, was the one that we were going back to. Um, so it, it, if you just look up the just the definition, you you may lower your your blood sugar levels. So in that sense, it would help to fight diabetes. Um, it 
even in the definition itself, it says it may fight neurological diseases. It may help with Parkinson's disease, which has also been linked to mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, it speeds muscle growth, which again, going back to like the personal training aspect of it, this is something that people have taken just to I mean just to work out you just go to the gym and this is one of your supplements along with like protein mm -hmm. um it improves high intensity exercise performance so in that regard um i know most kids they are able to let's say go running or walk or, or do all these things that you might think of as high intensity exercise but for their body it's different so if they're going through physical therapy and let's say they have to sit on their their tummy like doing tummy time mm -hmm. for a regular normal baby that might not be high intensity but for a mito baby it is because they are trying so hard and improve like just contracting all of these different muscles that don't normally have the energy to do that so um this supplement would help in that regard because that for them is is high intensity mm -hmm. um, supports other other functions and muscles and again going back to it helps produce energy um so uh going back to the example of christina's girls um they're on a very low dose of it but that low dose has allowed them it seems and the, I, I this is my own speculation um, just because of how many amazing um, uh, things that she's had to say and the girls are speaking so much more and they just seem like they have so much more energy. Um, to me, it seems like that that, that one supplement is um, allowing the body to focus um, in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she definitely posted videos about, um, you know, just saying complete sentences and how their, their thought process is, you know, really connecting things and they're asking questions. And so definitely, um, they're getting a lot more energy going to that brain, um, and they're utilizing it. So it's amazing. You know, what would be interesting, and I don't know the, the facts on this is to, um, see what other types of neurological diseases or neurological um, dysfunctions um, with other types of disorders if they use any of these kinds of supplements. I think that would be fascinating. Um, even if you were to like find out in like the autism community, um, just because there's a bigger pool of people, if if anybody takes any of these kinds of um, uh, vitamins or supplements. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that will be a podcast for another day. Maybe we'll find somebody that that does. <laughs> um, so now we've kind of, so we've covered the um, types of things that are in our Mito cocktails. Um, but Megan also looked up on UMDF website. Um, if you're interested in finding out any about any other supplements or if there's one that you or your child is taking that we did not mention maybe it's on there if you want to um, read up on it do you have anything else to say about their website yeah so they actually um the umd 
F website is such a good resource. Um, they went through everything from um, the different therapies, um, diet, and yeah, they obviously go over the vitamins and the cofactors or supplements. Um, there were a few that they listed on there that um, we did not cover, um, which like folic acid, or I'm sorry, folic, folic acid, biotin, um, they talked about selenium and B-carotene, and um, most of those, once again, are, are antioxidants. So they all are kind of along the same lines as to what they do, um, but I'm assuming that maybe some patients um, interact with some of these better and get better results. Uh, using some of these different things. Uh, Troy doesn't take any of those, but um, like I said, many doctors prescribe many different things. And um, if maybe your mitochondrial disease has um, some sort of creates a deficiency in one of these um, areas, that, that would be why you are taking them or your child is taking them. So definitely it's a good place to go if you want to look at the different um, supplements, even the ones that we mentioned, they're all on there and there was a few extra. So that's a good resource if you want to check those out. And also, I'm sure that some of you have probably already spouted or started thinking about um, when we were mentioning the names of all of these supplements is like, well, vitamin E or, or, or vitamin B, like I can get that in food. Yes, you can. <laughs> you definitely can. So all of these um, supplements can be found in the food that you eat. So it's not, they're, again, they're not medications. They're natural ingredients that, you're, that people with Mito need extra of. Mm -hmm. um, so and that, I think, is a good bridge into nutrition. Um, and both, uh, Troy and Angie had completely different, um, nutrition. Um, uh, do you want to talk about Troy and what? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Troy, um, is pretty much able to eat just about everything. Um, he's picky like any normal child. If I try to experiment on a recipe, it's usually rejected. <laughs> um, he likes, uh, the normal things that we cook on a weekly basis, um, but he does not have any sort of um, dietary restrictions or anything like that. I think um, one of the things that we didn't necessarily mention, which is not a vitamin, but uh, Troy does take Miralax um, with mitochondrial disease and, um, you know, the muscles needing energy. And if you think about the digestive system, it requires a lot of energy to digest food, to send it into the intestines and um, so constipation is a pretty big issue uh, for uh, people with mitochondrial disease. So he takes Miralax um, every day. So I would say the one thing we try to steer clear of foods that can be constipating. Um, but other than that, he eats pretty much everything. He absolutely loves vegetables, which um, is pretty exciting. I don't know <laughs> a huge amount of kids that love their vegetables, but he does and always has. And so we are very fortunate that he... Um, uh, eat through um, the mouth. I don't know if I'm saying that ridiculously, but he doesn't have a, a G-tube or a J-tube. Um, he's been able to um, just eat regular foods on a daily basis. Um, and I know Angie had a different situation than that. So I'll head back to you so you can talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So Angie was breastfed She for her whole life, um, which is something that I never... Um, 
it wasn't something I ever fantasized about and I never even really thought about it until I had her and then it was just this amazing gift that I was I mean I was never a major like crazy producer but I did well enough to be able to provide for her which is really all that was important mm-hmm. um so we were we were really lucky because because she had the avenue she was able to latch and she was able to have that suck um and be able to breastfeed um but she was failure to thrive and right before her first birthday um right when we found out about the diagnosis she started going backwards um with her weight gain one percentile um and it got to we had all of these um supplements uh that we needed to give her and we had no way to give them to her because the only thing that she would take by mouth was breast milk and by breast, not by bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We tried the bottle as she did take it a few times, but um, I don't really know the rhyme or reason of why um, she chose to try it those few times and then decided that she just didn't want to. I, she had um, sensory issues um, with her mouth, which I'm discovering uh I discovered while being her mom and to now how many issues that I have <laughs> with, with <laughs> like when I cook food. So I, I get it. I know where, where she may have gotten some of that. Maybe it is genetic. Um but uh the supplements, there's just so much of it. And like Megan said, they don't all taste it. Um, so had this baby, this seven month old that we're trying to give like 15 milliliters of supplements. And the only thing that she'll let us put in her mouth is breast milk. And so, uh, we had a lot of stained clothes and we're <laughs> trying to get her to take it. And it was just impossible. It was, it wasn't going to happen. We couldn't sneak it in things. Um, it just, it was really hard. And so, um, when we, we did get her the G tube and primarily it was so that we could give her these supplements, but also because she was losing weight, we had an avenue to be able to slip her food, um, that wasn't oral. Um, and so at that point, after we had the G tube, uh, Angie had a, a nighttime feeding, um, which ran five hours. And so when, and I can only speak for the G tube, um, but Angie, we would, I would feed her. Um, she would stop, fall, she would fall asleep about eight o'clock at night. And then we would have to wait three hours to be able to start the G tube. Um, and the reason you wait is because you need your body to be able to have time to digest what, um, what you just ate. Um, if you connect the G tube too soon, it could cause um, vomiting, um, reflux, and then you have more issues with, um, since she at that time was not able to roll, um, she might've choked on her throw up or, or something like that. Um, so you wait three hours. So at 11 o'clock, um, I would sneak into her room and plug her G tube in. Um, and 
I can honestly say I've never, and I might've said this before, but I've never ran so fast in my life to when that alarm goes off. <laughs> it goes off. Up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have, I was, I was shocked with my ability. Like I'm pretty sure I could be in the Olympics if that alarm had gone off. <laughs> uh, and like hopping over animals just to get to her, get into that room first. Um, but, uh, so we would start at 11 and then her, her G2 would run for five hours. And then I would need to be there at that five hour mark for that alarm before it goes off, um, to turn everything off, put it all away and also did not wake her up. So she was fed while she slept. Um, there were other options we could have fed her during the day, but that was the easiest for us. Um, and that was what the doctor prescribed us to do, which I think worked out beautifully because I was able to breastfeed her throughout the day and then give her that extra nutrition at night. Um, so since she had the G-tube, we were able to give her her vitamins in the morning and in the evening. So we would split them up half and half and we never had an issue. We were really, really lucky and it was terrifying to get that G-tube um, all the way up into the day that she went through surgery and then Afterwards, we realized just how much of a gift it gave us. And I'm going to try so hard to not cry. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, um, you go through all these things, you go through all these thoughts of I'm a horrible mother, I can't feed my child, or my breast milk isn't good enough, she's not gaining weight, or what did I do to cause... Um, her to not want to take anything by mouth and you can't help those thoughts. They're just, they're going to pop up regardless of how good or bad of a mom you are. <laughs> um, and, but that, that G2 really gave us, it gave us six months of the, the best six months of her life and being able to get those vitamins to her. We were just, again, lucky that she had that reaction to it and it went so well and her g-tube never got infected it never had any issues we it was always clean and we could probably do another podcast a shorter podcast just on g-tube care um but there's a whole community out there that can help you through that so if your child or adult if you need a g-tube there's a lot of support groups on facebook um and but pre-warning, they're graphic. There are people who have G-tubes that um, they don't heal as nicely. Um, but there are ways to um, medicate them and protect them and clean them so that um, so that you have a, I, I don't know, so that's easier for you, I guess. So that's not a, such a painful experience. Um, but it was amazing. Like we, I'm really thankful that she had it. And food was just for fun. That's what we made it as. Like we, it didn't matter what we gave her anymore because she had nutrition no matter what. And so she wanted a milkshake. She got a milkshake. And when we talk about like Angie and her milkshakes, like um, it's not that she ate like an entire milkshake. She pretty much like would take three spoonfuls of it, but it was the fact that she took three spoonfuls. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> She's going for more. Give it all to her. 
Yeah, well, that's, and I think that's important to know that, you know, that you guys had such a positive experience with that and having that ability to be able to give her that nutrition and then food just being kind of a fun afterthought. I know when Troy was probably about three, he, for some reason, just stopped wanting to eat certain things. And um, I remember calling Dr. Haas and you know, we were on a very strict, um, healthy, organic, you know, I was just, you know, so concerned that anything I put into his body would cause, you know, something else to go wrong. And so um, I was just hyper vigilant about that. And I remember talking to Dr. Haas and he's like, you let him eat whatever he wants to eat. If he wants a hot dog, give him a hot dog. If he wants you know, it just, you know, you just have to make sure he's eating. So that was, I remember a very stressful time because we didn't have any other way to give him nutrition and he was refusing to eat. And of course, so then I went and bought every possible, you know, thing that he hadn't tried or, you know, what he would eat. And, you know, it was just, which I'm sure parents that have kids that don't have mitochondrial disease go through this, that they're just, you know, I don't know if it's a control thing or what it is, but he just did not want to eat anything that I put in front of him. And, you know, sure enough, it passed. Um, but, you know, I remember going to uh, a uh, rock and roll um, half marathon that they did in Pasadena. And it was actually Dr. Um, Bowles. And um, I think I want to say it was Mito Action. I can't remember the exact Mito, but anyway, it was that was the um, the uh, charity that they were sponsoring. And so that was the first half marathon that I'd ever done. And we saw it and we said, oh, we're doing this. It's for Mito. We're training. This is it. And I remember when we actually met quite a few of the parents, one mom was very much so pro G-tube. And she was like, I wish all my kids had a G-tube. I could just feed them anything and everything I wanted. And I know my friend Paul and I were just taken back going, really? Because G-tubes always sounded so scary. Like I was just, I would always thought, gosh, I hope Troy never has to do that. And, you know, it's like, there are so many positive things about having one of those and so many different experiences. And so, you know, it's amazing that Angie was able to thrive with that and gave you guys such an amazing six months. But definitely, you know, if you parents out there, if that is one of the routes you have to go, there are some amazing things about them that are extremely helpful that, you know, will hopefully relieve um, some different stressors that you may have because a child getting nutrition with mitochondrial disease is the most important thing. That's the only way they're going to make energy. So, yeah. yeah. And when we, when we were getting the G2, um, it was like you're saying it's terrifying like if you if you, before you have one again just going into um how horrible you feel like oh my gosh my child has to have this but Andrew my husband he he explained it to me in a way that really um calms my nerves he he always he's really great at being able to Oh gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. He can he can take things that are serious like that and put them in a in a metaphor or in a way that really changes your perspective. Oh. And um, he said you can't think of it as a surgery. You can't think of it as this major surgery. You just have to think of it as you're getting your belly pierced. Oh yeah. 
It's just an earring for your belly and that's all it is. And that, and, and it is, it really is. It's not a major surgery yet. It sounds like it. Yes, they do have to be in, under anesthesia to have it done. So in that sense, yeah, it's not as easy as just getting your, your ear pierced, but the way that it's done and the tube that's in there is just like a piercing. Um, so once you, once you accept that, then it's not as scary. And like once, once you figure out, you take all the tutorials, you listen to the nurses and the doctors, and you read up on how to change the G-tube and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not as terrifying as it seems. It's just something foreign. And um, again, going back to, I need to stop saying that phrase, going back to, <laughs> um, <laughs> when you get your diagnosis, you don't know anything about this life. You're not a nurse, you're not a teacher, you're not a doctor, but you become all of those things. And so the G-tube was just for us another one of those steps of a new hat that we had to put on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the nutrition. She got her cocktail and she smiled at us. And for the next six months, she never cried. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It is amazing. Um, I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to point out that you said, but I can't think of it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I guess, just having food for fun. It's not, I know we all have this idea of, oh, my child is going to have all the healthiest stuff and and organic and I'm going to clean everything. I'm going to, I'm going to make my own purees. Yeah. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, the most important thing is that your child is eating, Mm -hmm. has food in, in their belly. That is the most important thing. And there's no point in making food a stress. You don't want that stress on you. There's so many other things that you have on your plate now. (laughs) Food should not be it. So food should be fun. If that means you go get a can of whipped cream and they can play in that and try it. I mean, think about the, the textures, the sensory, like the feeling of it, the sound of it, the taste of it, all these different things like food is therapy. And Angie had a food therapist. So um, it should be fun. It should be experiment. It should be science experiments in, in, in your kitchen of all of the cool things that you can discover and how. Um, like one more example is um, cheesecloth. Uh, we ended up, so Angie couldn't use a normal like pacifier. She wouldn't suck on one. But if you get cheesecloth and you smash some berries in it, yeah. you can suck those berries right out of the cheesecloth. And so there's there's a world of cool things to learn and cool things to discover about how to eat. Um, It it doesn't mean that you just eat with your hands or a fork and a spoon. Like there's a ton of different ways and all you have to do is be brave enough to go research them and and try them out. Yeah. But yeah, so we talked about the cocktail. We talked about nutrition. We talked about the G-tube. Um, if you guys have any questions, um, or maybe if we need to clarify something, um, a little bit more, please let us know. I know sometimes we go on our little, well, I do my little tangents, um, but if you have a question, please reach out to us. Um, we are the mitopodcast.com. You can email us at mitopodcast at gmail. We have Facebook, we have an Instagram, um, we love seeing your comments. Um, do you have anything to add, Megan? 
No, just uh, thank you for listening. And uh, once again, you know, we're not doctors, we're moms, and we're going through this journey, the mitochondrial disease journey. And so um, these are just some of the things that, you know, we've learned about along the way. And absolutely, if you have anything that you would like to hear about specifically, or that you have questions about, let us know. Um, we are up for any ideas and any conversations. Exactly. So again, please contact us, mitopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye.